Well, with the summer heat on the way, one place more than a few people like to go, especially if you live in a city, is the beach or, well, perhaps not you live in the city, but if you live in the city, the local swimming pool has always been a real oasis in the summer. But there is a chronic shortage of lifeguards in this country right now, right across North America, actually. And that could mean public pools staying closed or at least shorter hours during the hottest days of the year, beaches left unattended. So what does that all mean? Joining me now is Barbara Byers. She's, she's the Senior Research Officer with the Lifesaving Society of Canada. Thank you so much for your time tonight. You're welcome. Nice to talk to you, Ben. So we talked about a bit about this uh, over the winter that there might be or could or would probably be a shortage of lifeguards uh, heading into the summer season. Uh, what is the reality right now that we're uh, it's fast approaching, if not already here in some areas? Yeah, there's a lifeguard shortage across Canada, across the United States, uh, from colleagues in uh, Europe as well. Um, it really is uh, driven, I would say, by the pandemic, like a lot of other things. Uh, uh, stemming back to when, um, when COVID hit in March of 2020, um, a lot of things stopped and pools were closed. So many of the staff who were working at the pools uh, were furloughed or let go. And so uh, two plus years ago, those people have gone on to do other things, and now that they're needed to work at pools, uh, they, they're not available. They've got their own uh, careers now outside of uh, lifeguarding. Uh, the other factor is that for many of those staff who were not let go with municipalities, what they were done, what happened to them is they were furloughed in that they worked, they had different jobs for the municipal government, uh, for example, vaccine clinics, um, public health related positions, uh, cutting grass, working at arenas, all sorts of things. So while they're still employed, they've been gone for two years. In some cases, some staff came back over the last two years, you know, for periods of time, and then things were shut down again, especially in Ontario, where things were shut down uh, quite extensively. So uh, while there were staff, there were more skeleton staff and limited hours for public swimming and so on, which brings us to sort of March, April of 2020, and the realization that everything is going to be open across the country, and, uh, and then the scramble to try and get uh, lifeguards and swim instructors to work at the pools, uh, to work at the pools for all the hours that are required. And then adding to that is many municipalities have outdoor pools uh, where they need staffing uh, for those pools as well. So there's a limited talent pool, so to speak. And uh, those who are available, uh, many, you know, don't want to work full time. They will do part time assignments and so on. So there's a real scramble. There's a real, um, you know, fight to get to get staff to work at the pools. And uh, it's really kind of uncertain. Here we are at the middle of June. What the situation will look like, um, you know, by the end of June, when Usually at that time, all the outdoor pools are open, all the indoor pools are open, and the public comes, you know, flocking to the pools to go swimming. I mean, growing up, it always seemed like such a great job. So yeah. I imagine you're right. I mean, everyone, everyone is struggling uh, to find staff right now in, in that age group uh, as well. But um, what kind of impact, you were mentioning it now, what kind of impact could that have on, you know, I imagine lots of people are excited to head back to the pool this year. Uh, what kind of impact could it have on, on municipalities and their public pools, on beaches and so forth? Well, I guess there's two, two uh types of impact. One is safety and the other is sort of public relations. Um, from the safety perspective, beaches, um, those beaches that are staffed by lifeguards um, are a very popular place to go. Of course, there's much 
many beaches across the country that have no lifeguards, but um, many beaches, many municipalities have beaches that do. And if there aren't enough staff at the lifeguards, what really the implication of that is, um, is a safety issue because people will still go to the beaches, even if there aren't staff. And uh, they go at times when the lifeguards are not working, like beyond their shift times. And uh, often, even when the lifeguards are working, they swim in areas where the lifeguards aren't, aren't supervised. so I always say the safest place to swim is where lifeguards are working. And at beaches, you need to look to see where the flags are and when the flags are out to know where the lifeguards are working. So this could mean there are shorter hours for lifeguards at beaches could mean some beaches are not staffed at all could mean some days there aren't lifeguards so that's all to be confirmed and of course it varies by uh, municipality across the country so that's something for the public to be aware of make sure or check when you do go to a beach if is a beach that normally has lifeguards to see if lifeguards are working and where they are and what hours now in terms of the pools that's the public relations issue because the pools just won't open if there isn't enough staff there are municipal and provincial well provincial health regulations that require so many lifeguards um, to be in each pool depending on the size so no lifeguards the pools are closed. And that is very upsetting uh, for the public because I think, you know, as Canadians, summer's our happy season. We look forward to it all year and especially uh, to go swimming. And uh, if there's no pool, if your local pool is not available, uh, then that is very disappointing. It's also, I I feel very um, conscious of those pools that are in sort of lower income neighborhoods because for those kids the pool is their summer they hang out at the pool they spend their days at the pool many of them don't have cottages or holidays or camps to go to and the pool is the center of their summer so if there's no pool open in their neighborhood then um it's going to be a really you know sad summer and other you know other issues, social issues could cascade out of that. So it's it's really at this point, uh, Ben, it's really hard to know which pools will open. They are scrambling um, diligently to uh, to get enough pools. So I think, you know, we'll know by the end of June and we'll know which pools are open and for how long. The other thing is that some municipalities, I know Toronto is one, um, when it's really hot, when there's like a heat wave, those humid heat waves that uh, Ontario has, Um, what they do with the outdoor pools is they extend the hours. And in previous years, sometimes they extend the hours and they say, oh, we can't do that because there aren't enough staff and people get very upset. I think there's a bit of an expectation that the pools will be open and that's something that people look forward to, you know. Yeah, they're certainly seen as kind of a public good. I remember even my, in my neighborhood growing up, the, the local pool was very popular, especially, you know, a sort of a dense urban neighborhood, not a lot of places to cool down. So the pool really was, uh, did offer literally a respite. Any chance of relief? Uh, are you seeing people applying? Are you seeing people getting trained? Uh, do, might it look better next year? Uh, well, you know, this, there's quite, this is the short-term problem, but there's going to be a medium and long-term problem, uh, Ben, because as you, as you can imagine, for two years of, of pools being closed, it means that um, kids couldn't take their their swimming lessons, their learn to swim, and their pre lifeguarding and lifeguarding courses. So what that means is the you know the pathway or the pipeline to be a lifeguard is pretty empty at the moment. Um, you know those 11, 12, 13 year olds haven't had lessons for the last two years, and some may have lost their enthusiasm. Hopefully not, but even if they have. They, uh, they need to catch up and we need to have all those 
those uh, kids and those candidates take their pre-lifeguarding courses and their lifeguarding courses when they're 15 so that we'll have lifeguards in the future. So this is this is something that's not going to go away in the short term. And it's, you know, it's not enough to put up a, a staff needed sign. need to have qualified staff. As you can imagine, to be a lifeguard, you need to have the pre-lifeguarding courses, bronze cross, bronze medallion, first aid, and you need to have your national lifeguard certification and it needs to be current. So all those people who've had their national lifeguard certification have to go to a clinic and take a one-day um, sort of recertification clinic to make sure all of their skills are up to speed. So uh, it's, again, getting those lifeguards who maybe haven't worked in a few years, come back, come back. Barbara Byers, thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks, Ben. Bye-bye.